Thanks very much. Okay, we have we are conducting today a reconvened or a, a convened second pre-hearing conference in the Robson Appeal. That is City of Kirkland file number COK23-0620. This is October 13th, 2023, and the appellants requested that we convene another pre-hearing conference to address some procedural issues. And everyone was able to scramble and find a date to do that, and here we are. So thanks to everybody for uh, working cooperatively on that. Um, I'm for the record uh, because I haven't met Ms. Robson directly. Uh, I'm Sharon Rice, and I'm acting as the City of Kirkland's pro tem hearing examiner for the purpose of this appeal. Um, I did gather the documents today that. Uh, have been submitted by the Robsons as well as staff's response to their pre-hearing communications. And so I just want to go through them. Basically, we have six items of business um, uh, established uh, by the appellant's communications. They sent an, um, I don't remember what you titled it. It was a pre-hearing uh, request for pre-hearing conference and then also a motion to compel discovery. And so there were five items listed in the first, and uh, then there was the motion to compel. And so I want to go through those items of business today to just discuss them. And I was going to try to just issue an order answering them from my point of view, but I think it, since everybody's available, it makes more sense to have a conversation. So um, the probably the stickiest wicket for me is going to be the first item, which is the request for in-person hearing. Um, the city, uh, the, the appellants requested the hearing be conducted in person. The city indicated that they don't have a preference whether it's conducted virtually or in person. And so in response to that, I will go ahead and let you know, I am only working virtually for all of my clients. And when I negotiated this, um, my appointment contract with the city of Kirkland, I informed them that I would only be appearing virtually in this appeal. And it is my intention to conduct the hearing virtually. Although we just had a little bit of awkward uh, getting started moment here with this pre-hearing conference, um, I do feel like that the this matter lends itself perfectly adequately to a virtual hearing, and I feel like we can conduct our business virtually. And I would prefer to to have a virtual appeal hearing. So, having made my statement on that, I will hear first from appellants and then from um, from Ms. Kroll and. Uh, and we may or may not get a final answer on this today. I may think about it after we're done talking today. I will be issuing an order following this just to memorialize the business that we covered. So it's in the record. So Ms. Robson, um, that's that's kind of where I'm coming from. Uh, that was my intention in, in agreeing to hold this uh, appeal for the city was that I would appeal virtually for Kirkland like I do for all of my clients. And so I'm just tossing that back to you. Okay, well, I can appreciate your preference and your contract with the city of Kirkland. However, we feel very strongly to have, that we would like an in-person uh, hearing based on um, our age, um, our ability to navigate um, IT issues, um, being able to be face-to-face -face is what we've been used to. And um, I feel that I can best represent us and um, our evidence in person. So I'm, I feel very strongly about it. All right. And then I told the city I would hear from them also. Anything else to add to that, Ms. Crow? Yeah, first I would like to apologize uh, for this morning. We do have, um, Brian is new helping us and I think it's absolutely great that we had this pre-hearing conference because it actually worked out the kinks. Um, the city is uh, understands the hearing examiner's preference. The city has no problem with either virtual or um, with um, in-person. Um, I think evidence in my experience has pre been presented wonderfully. Um, in virtual hearings, we just pull it up on the screen and everybody sees it. And the person who's presenting it has their clicker, they can move around, they can highlight things. And it's it's never been an issue. Um, but I do understand that people have concerns and the Robsons have concerns about um, technology. And um, if there's something we can do 
to ensure um, reduce their anxiety and their comfort level with the technology. Um, we can offer to pull up documents for them in any, anything they need. The, the hearing examiner, we will have submitted all the documents in electronic format, um, but I, I do know that that can cause anxiety. But we leave it to the hearing examiner. We're open to either. Okay. Anything, any final thoughts on that, Ms. Robson? Um, yes. I, I think that there's nuances of human interaction that are lost with a virtual um, communication. So it's not just technology. It's being able to uh, be face-to-face -face, um, for the human element of it. So that's how I feel about that. All right. Thank you for that. And like I said, I, I'm not going to, I'm going to take your remarks under advisement with the air quotes, and I will think about it and let you know after today's meeting um, how, I how I decide to go on that issue. Uh, the second issue that was raised was a request for production. And I guess that kind of dovetails and follows with the um, motion to compel. I've got all those documents open, so I'm a little flicking between documents right now, but um, I don't know what the status is, and I thought I would check in with parties. I think there was a discovery delivery date that was advertised of October 10th. I don't know if a, uh, a disclosure occurred on October the 10th. Uh, we received an email on a separate issue, a request for production, not, excuse me, a public records request. Um, that's been ongoing since January 18th. Yeah. And um, the, uh, as pro se, my understanding is that the, there are two separate tools, that a request for production, something that falls under the jurisdiction of the hearing examiner, and that a public records request is something that a citizen um, submits. So <clears throat> what came through as citizen for the public records request um, was not complete on October 10th and which one that's the reason why we we are filing why I'm filing this request for production because um, you know while while we need all this information we think it's pertinent um, we we feel that in terms of the date um, we want to keep our hearing date and we'd like to keep the record open for for that request for production if the city is having difficulty meeting that date on October 25th. So that's my understanding as pro se about distinctions between those two um, tools, instruments. All right. And so you have not received uh, um, all of the documents that you have requested. And did you say that there is a date by which you, the city does expect to be able to get you documents? Do you have that date yet? Well, the request for production is October 25th. So my understanding no. is that that will encompass everything I've been asking for that pertains to our property. I'll, I'll, all documents, all emails, all correspondence pertaining to our property. And is that substantively different? Is that a different scope of information than was in the January 2023 um, public records request? No. No. It's basically you're just, it's a second ask for the same materials. Yes. Okay. All right. Let me hear from the city on status of that. Okay. So um, there, and I, and I, I understand that Ms. Robson is pro se and doesn't know the, the rules of procedure. Um, so we'll have to go through a, a little bit of this background. Um, with regard to the public records request, um, they have, they filed a motion to compel. Um, I didn't know if the hearing examiner. I'm sorry, my phone went off and I'm- That's okay. My volume is on, that never happens. So I'm like, <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Please go ahead. Okay, so the um, the um, request for production 
um, is the exact same as the public records request. Um, the city did not know if the hearing examiner was going to even entertain the motion con to compel. We did ask that if we could file a written response if it would yes. be entertained, but I can give you our verbal response also. Um, we didn't hear back. Um, it's a little odd that it would be entertained because 30 days have not elapsed. And so the, um, the request for production is not um, due until 30 days after the request for production is served. At that time, under the civil rules, a party has the option of um, responding with the documents that they have and they've, and um, requesting additional time to supplement or, and, but however, they must provide all their written objections or they're waived at the 30 day mark. And in this instance, the city would be responding that with its objections so that they're not waived and that they've received all the documents that they um, have been given to date and that apparently we're going to need to um, until November 18th to produce the additional doc November 8th is when the uh, here, the public records officer believes she can respond to the additional outstanding discovery. Um, thus far, the um, public records officer has reviewed thousands and thousands of documents, which have to be reviewed, each one singly. 2,423 of them have been non-duplicate emails. Um, there have been many, many, many duplications that she's had to go through and confirm that they're duplications. Um, she has produced 143 files. Um, and, and with regard to the emails that um, were reviewed, it's absolutely unknown the other number of records that she's also reviewed. Um, and so far, she has um, provided 14 emails with redacted information, um, 52 still to be redacted, an additional uh, number of emails to be reviewed before she can determine whether they can be produced or redacted. And she is one person, and we don't have anyone else um, doing this. The, last Monday, the public records officer received 45 requests for um, uh, public records requests. That's just one Monday, 45 public records requests. And so she has uh, provided documents on um, February 22nd. She provided documents on March 24th. She provided documents on April 25th. She provided, provided documents on May 25th. She provided documents on July 18th. Um, she received a message um, from the requester on July 20th that they were tired of waiting and they wanted all their documents immediately. And she responded to that. Um, she provided documents on August 24th. She um, received a copy of their request for production served under the civil rules on September 25th. Um, actually on September 28th, there was a system failure and all of the Robson's information was lost and subsequently recovered. Um, and at this time, um, uh, the city's website clearly states the following, which I'm just going to read from the city's website with respect to discovery in appeal hearings. Appropriate pre-hearing discovery is permitted. Discovery is generally left to the parties and unless otherwise provided by the hearing examiner, the hearing examiner should not be copied on discovery documents or correspondence and email about discovery matters. In response to a motion, or on the hearing examiner's initiative, the hearing examiner may order discovery or prohibit or limit discovery that the hearing examiner determines is unruly burdensome, harassing, or unnecessary. 
we do feel that the Robsons um, filing a public records request for the exact purpose of bringing this to the hearing examiner, which is what they admitted in their motion, that they're not asking for anything new or different, just to have the hearing examiner harass the city uh, is uncalled for. And that the city has followed every rule and regulation in responding to their discovery. And that the Robsons have an absolute clear right to a continuation of the hearing if they don't think that they've had the appropriate discovery, which we keep telling them we'll do. We'll, we'll propose postpone the hearing by one day, two days, three days, one week, however long they need it. Nobody's saying postpone it six months. Um, they have gotten a lot of discovery, but now they want it in a different format. They want, which is going to take the public records officer even more time. They want it um, in, uh, they want one single directory doesn't doesn't come that way it's not required under the public records it's not required required under the rules of civil procedure that we give them a directory they want it all in pdf documents on a flash drive not required by the public records act um, not required by the rules of discovery um, however we have said we can do this they're going to need to pay for that uh, which is minimal which I believe they have already agreed to pay. Um, but this request of doing one directory, not doing any subfiles, I don't even understand that request. Why wouldn't you want emails all in an email file? Why wouldn't you want other documents all in an other document file? It do doesn't make any sense to us. Uh, we're, we're just simply asking the hearing examiner to allow the discovery to be produced, which is anticipated at this point to be um, November 8th. Uh, this is not an unusual amount of time for the amount of discovery they have requested. Um, they've been given police reports. Uh, they have been given uh, keys explaining to them exactly what redacted documents means. Um, to how to explain to them what redactions are. This is, the city's been very professional about this and we will continue to be professional, but we feel that this um, is nothing but a maneuver. Okay. And um, we're absolutely willing to make this a, a fair playing field. And if they want additional time, they may have additional time. Let me ask this one question. I understand, uh, and the city acknowledged in its written response to the to the request for production that the examiner has no authority over Public Records Act, and and the appellants have acknowledged that. Um, so, setting uh, acknowledging that, I want to ask the following question: Our hearing is scheduled for November sixth. Um, November eighth disclosure is two days after the scheduled hearing. Uh, we are at the end of eleven months of disclosure based on the January. Uh, well, at least 10 months of disclosure following the January request for production. And is there any way that can be bumped up by a week? If, if they were to get it on November the 1st, it might be in time to use it for the November 6th hearing date. I, I have talked to our public records officer about that and it would um, cause other projects to be delayed. Um, other, um, you know, possible overtime. Um, and this is just nothing, uh, there, there's, this is not unusual for the amount of Understood. documents they've requested. Understood. Cause I, and again, so the examiner doesn't, in, is not involved in public records disclosure requests in any jurisdiction where I work. It's, but frequently um, parties, especially in appeals, are seeking public records as evidence that they intend to use in their appeal. So right. I bump up against it a lot. So I'm familiar with uh, the, the way cities and counties execute public records requests um, to, to some limited extent. Um, but again, don't have authority over it anywhere. 
Um, so I just thought I it was worth asking. I've had uh, yeah. one, one matter in another city where the public records request was going to be like a few weeks after the hearing. Uh, I asked the city attorney and the city attorney was able to um, turn up the heat in public records and it got out like two weeks earlier. So I just thought I was asking in case there's any. Oh, absolutely. Here. And I have been asking our public records division um, because because, you know, and that's why they gave me all this background information sure. on this request. Sure. And then we've just received recently um, additional asks that will take even more time. Um, and so we can, I, I would love to say that I can control that, um, <laughs> but I can't expose the city to an unnecessary delay in another request that might result in litigation. Um, they've been working very hard on this. They're aware of the timelines. They've tried to do as much as they can um, provide before the hearing. And it's just a matter of hours in a day mm -hmm. and people that are available to do it. And it. Um, I know that's frustrating for me. I know it's frustrating for the Robsons and, and I know that they don't particularly understand um, or care that I am frustrated also. Um, it doesn't help them. No, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. help them. It right. doesn't help them. Let me, let me do this. Um, so uh, the city is offering, uh, has offered as a, a, to address the fact that discovery will not be produced in its entirety before the scheduled hearing date has offered the option to continue the appeal. The appellant has said they're not interested in continuing in continuing the appeal. So let's procedurally discuss this. Uh, apparently, the city has disclosed some some portion, but not all of the documents. There will yeah. be a delivery after if if the, if the schedule that's currently proposed is satisfied is met, then there will be a, um, additional disclosure that would happen shortly after our scheduled hearing date. One way we could handle that is to proceed to hearing as scheduled on November the 6th and then hold the record open after after I'm throwing this out there. This is one way to do it. To, I'm trying to help the parties and split this baby as equitably as possible. Pardon the gross metaphor. But the um, one way to handle it would be to go to hearing on the evidence that's already been disclosed, have have the uh, parties present, uh, have the appellants present their evidence with respect to that information, and then hold the record open for the appellants to submit additional argument and or um, um, evidence with respect to the things that are disclosed after that date, with the option to, uh, if it's substantial information, have the hearing reconvene at a later date to address that additional disclosed information. I'm just trying to think how procedurally to handle this. The options are either to continue the hearing date and not go forward on November the 6th or to try to deal with the fact that the information can't be disclosed before that. So one more thing just for Ms. Robson's benefit, not only don't I have authority uh, in the city over the Public Records Act process that the city is has undertaken, but the civil rules of procedure under which you've issued your motion don't actually apply in the context of the hearing examiner land. I'm not a court. And I don't have court authority under the civil rules to come to order the city. I have no grounds or basis to order the city to change their public records act disclosure process to get that material to you sooner. So I, I actually don't have authority to, to grant your motion and to, I mean, I could, I could order the city to do it, but there's not no way for me to enforce if they failed to meet it. And Ms. Carl has just explained that she's looked into it and is trying to uh, get it expedited, but she has no ability to get it expedited. So, so, so my understanding as pro se that you have no authority for public records request, hence request for production. So, you know, I, I feel that this is being confused. They're being inter interchanged the language. So two separate tools. Understood. Um, what I, what I just I, meant to say, what I meant to just explain is that I also don't have authority under the civil rules to compel the city to do anything. Those civil rules of procedure apply in a court context and the courts have different kinds of authority than a hearing examiner has. Okay. So um, 
Ms. Hearing Examiner, yes. what you're suggesting about leaving the record open. Yes. Um, we'd be okay with leaving the record open as it pertains to the RFP, the request yeah. for production. Yeah. Um, we we want to maintain our hearing date. Yes. Um, I, do, I do too. Yeah. So, so we would be okay with that. So what we'll, what I suggest is um, we um, thank you for for being willing to do that. I think that's the best way to handle this. Um, I mean, otherwise uh, you don't get to present any information that's in the last disclosure. That that doesn't that's not right. And you know, so we go forward to hearing without continuance. We hold the hearing on the evidence that you have available, and then I will um, after I will take the matter under advisement. I'll take the evidence and arguments today under advisement, and the hearing will be held open. Uh, and we'll we, today we can discuss and at the hearing we can discuss uh, a reasonable period of time for which you would have a chance to submit additional evidence that is disclosed by the city and your arguments based on it either in writing and or submit a motion to have the hearing itself reconvened so that we get back together to discuss the evidence if there's grounds for that if the information that is in the last disclosure is meaty enough that we should get back together in the same room does that make sense um Yes, but I have some a little confusion. I understood. It's a lot of word salad coming out of my mouth right now. I know. Yeah, I'm not an attorney. <laughs> and, and it, yeah. It's kind of squishy because um, I, I'm an attorney, but I, the the authorities that I have in the hearing examiner context don't track the civil rules of procedure. So I'll, I under, I appreciate that you're attempting to use those rules to get what you want in this process. Uh, and I have the only rules I have are the hearing examiner rules, which Ms. Kroll just read you the discovery rule verbatim. And it says the hearing examiner may order discovery. And so I can issue an order that says city, you must disclose. But I, when the city fails to meet the deadline that, that is in the order, I have no power over the city to, to, to punish them for failing to meet a deadline in my order. So in order, so what we're really trying to do is create a practical process that gets as many needs met as mutually fairly as possible. So that's why I think the best thing to do is to go ahead with our hearing on November the 6th and then create a post hearing schedule under which you would have a chance to say, um, uh, so let's talk about what a post hearing schedule might look like. Let's say the city does disclose on November the 8th and it's the end and you get everything on November the 8th. You're gonna want a period of time to review those documents and to determine, should we reconvene or can I make my arguments in writing? And then I need time to make my arguments in writing. So we would create a window, we would create a schedule by which you would be submitting either a motion to reconvene the hearing, and then we would go to our calendars to look for that, or you would be saying, I, I can, I'm capable of responding to uh, disclosing the, the last of this evidence and arguments in writing. And, you know, then we need a schedule for that. Okay. Um, and we, close the witnesses and the exhibits prior to the hearing the reason the reason that doesn't work is because you are going to want to i assume unless everything you get is not helpful to you in the last disclosure you're going to want to submit additional exhibits after the hearing that are going to come from the city's last disclosure i don't believe it's in your interest to close exhibits before the hearing also just for your just for your information it's a it's a I've never done it before, and it's it's these this appeal hearing is defined as an open rec. Sorry, with the air quotes. Sorry, an open record appeal hearing, and what that means is the record closes at the end of the hearing or later if the schedule is agreed to, um, and that is for your protection uh, as much or more than it is for the city's protection. Although both parties are protected by it, because if anything that is offered during the hearing causes you to say, wait a minute, I have evidence that contradicts that, but I don't have it today, then the record will be held open for you to submit that on a schedule we agree to at the hearing. So I don't, we um, potentially we can say we could close the witness list, although I, I don't really see what that gains you. But I think closing the exhibits as of either before or at the hearing is, is, a, is bad for you because you're going to want to submit additional documents from the city's last disclosure. Well, is it possible to um, to close the record for witnesses and exhibits prior to the hearing, and then at the hearing determine um, that it could be left open for the request for production? Is that a possibility? 
Well, what I what I think I would be comfortable doing, and sorry, Ms. Coral, I just jumped in, but let me say what I'm going to say, and then if you want to say something else, we'll hear from you. What what I think I would be comfortable doing is saying, and this is true, this is true regardless. Only, the record is only left open for things that a party can make a good cause showing weren't available at the time of the hearing. So okay. if you obviously you can't disclose, you can't provide anything before the close of the hearing that the city hasn't provided to you yet. Right. right. In your, in your, um, just, there's something called undue surprise. That, That's right. You know, That's right. We, so don't, we don't have, we don't have the resources. So can we close the witnesses prior to the hearing? What, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say the, that the record as a whole is closed period at the end of the hearing, except for things that the parties can make a good cause showing were not available at the time of the hearing. So okay. the city is not going to be able to say, oh, look, here's some smoking gun document that we actually had and didn't give you before because they, they will have to show why they didn't have it. Same as you. And, and basically the reason you're not going to have the document is because it hasn't been disclosed to you yet as part of the PRA or, or RFP process. Well, can we close it the week before? Mm -hmm. So I leave it. it's just kind of let me hear from Ms. Carl. She'd like to say right. something here. Yes, um, there's a lot of push asking you to close um, the witnesses and to close the exhibits um, when they produce them to us for the first time. Um, they have seen almost every single city exhibit. They've spoken to all our witnesses. They know who our witnesses and exhibits were going to be. We don't know who their witnesses and exhibits are going to be. I'm very curious as to why they want us not to be able to present any rebuttal witnesses or rebuttal documents Got it. and clearly this is um sounding to me like it's not good faith and it's sounding to me like they want to surprise the city Okay. because we're not going to surprise them yeah. so i'm really concerned that they're trying to um, circumvent due process in some manner. I hear you. I hear Thank you. you. Thank I, you. What, what I want to say really quick, Ms. Robson, is I, I feel like with, this is coming more out of the fact that the Robsons are not attorneys and they're unfamiliar with the process and they don't understand how holding the record open benefits them more than it potentially harms them. I, I feel like it's not coming out of bad faith. I feel like it's coming out of not being attorneys and not being familiar with the process. I'm actually not curious about why they want to close it I I don't I don't care really why they want to close it. It's not relevant to whether or not it's closed. What I will say is I don't think it's appropriate to close the record to witnesses and exhibits before the hearing, especially in light of the fact that the city has an outstanding disclosure deadline that's going to occur after the hearing. And I can't hold the record open for additional documents from this from the appellants and not allow the city an opportunity to respond. That's that's just simply not possible. That's not that's simply unfair. So if the appellants do submit post hearing evidence, which I expect they will from the November, please, November 8th disclosure from the city, I expect the appellants to submit evidence to that the city would have a chance to respond. And the way I think it would work best is if this could happen in writing, the city would respond in writing and then the appellants will have a chance to respond. So the appellants will have a chance at the last word. It's their burden of proof in the appeal. And so the way the burden of proof works is the party with the burden of proof has the last bite at the apple. I'm sorry with the air quotes, it's terrible. To <laughs> um, so th there's any, any, I can't let the appellant submit something after the hearing is over without giving the city a chance to respond to it. But the city's response won't be the final word. The appellants will have a chance to say something in response to the city's response. Okay, so it seems it's being mixed up. We're not asking. Um, we're not asking for anything that I think is uh, unfair. We're not wanting to surprise the city. We just don't want to be surprised. Exactly. So our witness list and our exhibits list is to be submitted before the hearing. We would like that to be closed, that record to be closed. And then whatever the uh, and I'd like to call it a request for production because the public records request is outside your, your jurisdiction. So I'd, I'd, I'd be more comfortable as pro se, just my understanding of what I've learned um, as, 
shallow as that may be, if we could refer to it as a request for production, as the motion is called. Um, so I'm at, we're asking for the witness and exhibit list be closed before the hearing, a week before the hearing, and then um, whatever the, and we're, we're fine with giving the city a little extra time on the request for production. Um, then, you know, if we were to need to uh, have a reconsideration or do a reconsideration, then um, that record would be left open for the request for production. That would be the reason for it. It's not about being, being deceptive um, or that's it. Yeah, I, I, I just I think I'm just going to go ahead and, and just make a decision on this. I, I'm not going to close the record. Uh, to to I'm not going to say that late disclosed documents and and late disclosed witnesses cannot come in because I don't believe either party is hiding people in their pocket that they plan to whip out and surprise the other with that hearing I, I'm not worried about that that's that's never happened in my 20 year career and I don't think it's going to be a problem in this case so I it it's not typical to close the record to uh to limit, to exclude other witnesses and other evidence before the hearing even occurs. And I'm not going to do that in this case. I don't feel it's in your best interest, Ms. Robson, to do that. Okay. So yep. I'm going to hold the record open. I, I, I will ask the parties to disclose per our pre-hearing schedule, their witnesses and their exhibits that they intend to bring to the hearing, and then to exchange their exhibits before the hearing. If any additional exhibits come in, the other party will have a chance to respond in writing and or present a rebuttal exhibits against those surprise <laughs> against those surprise uh, exhibits, uh, if if that's appropriate. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't think your request is actually in your best interest. So um, as, as is there the a date, then for that? I'm going to say there, no. Is there a date then for this exchange of of the of the hearing documents, pre-hearing documents. Yeah, let me. Is there, let me is there a date for that? Because yeah, I'm seeing yeah. it as the 16th, which is Monday. That's just the list. And is there a date for the actual exchange of the documents? Yeah, it is Monday. It is uh, on no later than noon on October the 16th. The parties are supposed to electronically exchange exhibit lists witness lists and the exhibits themselves. That's in the pre-hearing order that was issued in August. Yeah. That we didn't get because of our attorney who didn't do a thing. That's but why you've had it for a while now though. And we I had, it, had about three weeks. Yeah. yeah three weeks. Ms. Pearl. Yeah, Madam Hearing Examiner. Uh, yesterday we found out and and Ms. Dawn Nelson, um, the in planning and building is actually on this call. You can see she's been um, quiet, but she advised me yesterday that um, there is going to be some type of system work being done on Monday. And um, we are simply asking that the deadline be moved to five because we may not have our system available Monday morning. Um, and obviously the Robsons can have until five o'clock on Monday to provide us with their documents. Um, and if they, if they have, um, send us a list of documents that we already have, like documents right. we've given to them. They don't actually have to give us those documents again. If they just want to, we'll be happy to send them PDF copies of, of documents we're going to use. But if it's difficult for them to give us documents they're going to use, if they know we already have them, they don't have to give them to us again, as long as they're firmly identified on the list. But if they're <laughs> new documents we've never seen, we will we need, need a, a copy. copy. Yeah, me, we're just, me, go ahead. Let me ask this. Um, our our, our pre-hearing order established uh, the deadline for exchange of documents as the 16th. That's three weeks before the hearing. I would be comfortable bumping that an entire week and making the deadline October 23rd so that the parties okay. have two full weeks before the hearing with, I'm perfectly fine with that. Does that work for everybody? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That, that works, works for me. me. 
or I don't, I don't need three weeks with them. Uh, you know, I'm not probably going to look at them until about four or five days before. the <laughs> yeah. So let's bump, let's bump the deadline for disclosure of exhibit list, witness list, and the exhibits themselves one week to Monday, October 23rd. Yes. Okay. And the and that'll address the city's service outage. Yeah, the city does a staff report. It's usually due one week before. We yeah. were going to do it on that deadline three yeah. weeks before. So is it all right if the city provides a staff report, um, it, you know, bumps that one week also? Sure. All all okay. documents would be exchanged all documents. on the 23rd instead of the 16th. And I believe that was also, that included also briefing, if there's going to be any pre-hearing legal briefing. So that will also be bumped to the 23rd. We'll just bump everything, all the disclosure one week. And that gives everybody an additional week to get their stuff in order. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. I think that, I mean, that just makes sense. I don't need more time with it than that. Okay, thank you. So um, I don't feel like I've satisfactorily explained to you why, but I think it's in your best interest not to close uh, the record uh, before the hearing, Ms. Robson. And so I'm going to make that verbal ruling now. No, I'm denying that request. Uh, please trust me to make sure that you have a fair opportunity to respond to anything the city brings to the hearing. Okay. Thank you. I, 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 both parties will have uh, all fair opportunity to respond to the evidence and argument presented by the other party. Okay. So I'm sorry that uh, I can't help you with the, the RFP. Uh, again, the, the city's hearing examiner rules of procedure allow me to, to issue an order that says the city must provide by a certain date. But, the, but based on Ms. Kroll's comments here today and based on just reality with regard to city and county public records staffing, I, I don't believe my order would be effective. So I think we'll do this other thing. We'll hope we'll proceed with the hearing and I will allow the record to remain open after the hearing for additional evidence that is disclosed to you after the hearing date and your argument based on that additional evidence. And that's how hey. we'll handle it. I have a question. Yes. Um, I'm sorry if this sounds completely <laughs> ignorant, but please there's there's got to be a point where this ends and you make your determination and we as private citizens don't have to continue to uh, come back and rebut something the city offers after the hearing i mean so this, the city won't be offering the city won't be offering any evidence after the hearing the record is really being held open for you to submit additional evidence after the hearing okay. uh, and i'm not i'm not going i don't plan to hold the record open for the city to submit new evidence after the hearing i am allowing the record to stay open in case you the appellants want to submit new evidence after the hearing. Okay. If you, you do, the city then has a chance to respond to it. And as the party with the burden of proof, the appellants will get to respond to the city's re reply to the city's response. Thank you. I understand yeah. though. Okay, great. Ms. Carl. Yeah, I do, I do want to clarify that. If um, they raise something for the first time at the hearing that's not excluded, the city correct. would be able to respond. Yes. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So but, you, but after the hearing is over, the appellants are not going to get new evidence from the city. No. So if, if so, at the hearing, if the appellants raise an argument or provide testimony from a witness that the city is not prepared to respond to, we will make arrangements for the city to respond to that after the hearing. But at, when our hearing is over, uh, the only party I expect to submit additional evidence would be the appellants. Uh, any new un, un, uh, uh, any new evidence we haven't made arrangements for would be the appellants. And that's because the request for production and PRA process won't be completed until after the hearing. So they may wish right. to submit additional exhibits from the disclosure, city's disclosures after the hearing. So your last question, Ms. Robson, raises a good point. Um, we, we, we should, this does need to close. We need to wrap this up. I mean, this, the, the city's... Yeah hearing uh, appeal rules and the hearing examiner rules and just law generally wants things to happen expeditiously and to be wrapped up. So I don't want to hold the record open forever, which raises the question. If the city makes a disclosure on 11-8 and it's not everything, uh, what happens at that point? And so this is, this is what I propose to do with that. I propose to hold the record open for the city's disclosure as of November the 8th, but then to close the record for at that point. And 
I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know what else to, how else to handle that because this does need to have an end date. Ms. Kroll. Yeah. And, and that with regard to the, uh, the last um, disclosure of the public records request, we think that is fair, but I, I just don't want the Robsons to go away with the false impression that you told them if they raised something new at the hearing, that the city is not prepared to address at the hearing, the city gets a right to submit evidence or testimony after the hearing in response, in right. rebuttal. But we would, we would, it's not going to be a surprise. We would ask the hearing examiner to address that at the hearing right. before we leave. So the mm -hmm. hearing examiner would give us an order, for That's instance, right. I, I presume we would say, so, you know, if the Robsons raise something new, an argument that's never been made before, we could move to strike it. The hearing examiner could grant that. But if the hearing examiner says, I like that yeah, argument, city, yeah. I'm going to give you time to respond to it. That decision will be made at the end at the of the hearing, yes. and there will be a limited time for the city yes. to respond. And we would be limited to only that. We can't just bring in new things. Correct. So that's what I was trying to explain before. Uh, at at the hearing, if we if if either party is surprised, and we need to make arrangements for them to respond to what the other party says at the hearing, first you have to show me that you are surprised. Then, then I will agree, yes, you were surprised and you do deserve a chance to respond to this after the hearing. We'll make arrangements for that at the hearing. That's a separate thing from the, the record being held open to allow the appellants to submit new exhibits of evidence following the hearing because of the November 8th disclosure by the city. So those are two separate processes. In, in the first, both parties are allowed to have, to respond to surprise that arises at the hearing. Both parties are. But in the second instance, I'm only looking for wholly new exhibits of evidence from the appellants based on the schedule and the public records disclosure date. I hope that's clear. But it, it, it seems clear to me. I can't imagine that the city would be surprised by anything that they're providing to us. Exactly. So, exactly. You know, they have what they have and they know what they have or they exactly. don't know what they have. So. And the disclosures that are going to happen before the hearing on October the 23rd, those are really, uh, I mean, I said it in my order, and I and I think you all understand this, those are expected to be a good faith effort to present all arguments and all evidence. Of course, you can't present evidence you don't have yet from the city. But what I'm thinking is, if you receive something in the city's last disclosure on November the 8th, it's most likely just going to support an argument you've already made. It's not going to be like, oh, look, here's this whole other line of argument that's what's most likely going to happen so and if i'm wrong about that then we'll deal with that when it comes up because i will be expressly holding the record open for you to submit evidence from the city's last disclosure thank you okay i think that pretty much takes care of our list um there was uh it was a five bulleted five list things some of it was Appellants were concerned that the city wasn't behaving in good faith and the city was responding, look, we're doing everything we can. I kind of feel like we don't need to go into, that's not something we need to discuss here today. We've kind of already discussed that by having this, this scheduling discussion that we've had. Was there anything else, Ms. Robson, that you felt like needed to be addressed today? No. I think this is it. Ms. Kroll, anything else you think needs to be addressed? No. All right. So like I told you before, I'm still deciding whether I think we whether I will agree to appear in person or whether it I will appear uh, virtually. Um, and I kind of want to sit with that. So today's yeah, today's Friday. So what I propose is that on Monday, the 16th, I'm going to issue an order. It will answer that question and it will memorialize the conversation we had here today so that it's in writing in the record that we all know. The record is held open for additional evidence after the hearing based on the city's dis disclosure after uh, on, a, on November the 8th. And also uh, that the parties are expected to make a good faith effort to disclose on the 23rd of October all exhibits and witnesses that they plan to call. But if there is surprise at hearing, we will make arrangements at the hearing for the surprised party to respond. And please remember that uh, the the each party will have a chance to respond to the other person's surprise like there's going to be everyone will have a fair opportunity to respond to everything the other party has said 
Okay, may I say one more thing, please? Yes, yes. Regarding your consideration of in-person. Yes. Um, I would like to appeal to you um, that I am pro se for both my husband and myself. And um, we have some health issues and uh, that would make it nearly impossible for my husband to be able to appreciate what is happening on a Zoom call. And so in-person is pretty critical for us. And I'd just like you to consider that when you're sitting with this. I will. I, I, could you give me more information? Not to pry. I don't, I'm not asking for private health information, but I don't understand how his his ability to sit and listen in person is better than his ability to sit and listen to a Zoom meeting. Can you help me understand that? Um, it's Parkinson's disease. Okay. So there's all sorts. That's a whole lot of uh, effect on the human body. Sure. And um, being in person, the ability to understand and communicate and see what's going on is best served, especially for a person who has a health issue in person. In person. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. Thank you. All right. Anything else before we close this, this meeting? Not from the city. Thank you very much. We're good to thank you very much for your understanding. Sure. Yeah. No, thanks for meeting. I just feel like this was more effective than my trying to just decide, it, you know, with written exchanges. Can I ask you, Ms. Kroll, do um, uh, my previous contact with the city was Blanca Garcia Reyes, and she right. no longer is. So who is my current contact? Uh, Prince Cowan. Would okay. Be so when yes. I when I issue the order, I'm going to send it to Prince Cowan, and they will forward it to the parties. Okay. Um, it's it's my practice everywhere I work to not have exchanges uh, with all the parties, and so I tried to do that here, and it didn't pan out. But just so you know, going for when I issue this order, it's going to go to the one person. They will forward it to to the you both, and that should be able to happen on Monday. Uh, when I issue the order, and then on um, it's going to remind you that by it's going to be noon on Monday, October 23rd, the document should be exchanged. Okay. And then okay. will Prince Callan be the person who is going to run the meeting for us on, on the hearing date if we have a virtual meeting? Uh, I believe Brian will probably be running the meeting. Okay. Brian? Most likely, yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. So it just, it just, I just want to have on the record this conversation in the event that I decide that I am going to stick to my guns and appear virtually, uh, we would need this meeting to happen such that we are all panelists, obviously, and everybody would be empowered to share their video and, and to share audio. Understood. And the meeting needs to be able to be attended by the public, but the, so if, if, so the public would be able to attend, but not be panelists. Only parties who are identified as witnesses by the parties would be allowed to be panelists. Understood. Thank you. So um, again, I will be issuing an order on Monday. Ms. Curl, something else? Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just realized um, that since we moved this a week, I'm actually going to be out of town on Friday the 20th and Monday the 23rd. There, I knew there was a reason why we had put it early. So. Yeah. And um, uh, do do the Robsons have any objection to noon on Tuesday the 24th? That will give me a little time. We're fine with that. Thank you. Great. Fine. Okay. Thank you. And that works for me as well. I'm glad you remembered before we disconnected. So the order will reflect that. It will be noon on Tuesday the 24th. Thank you. Great. All right. I appreciate your time, everybody. And I will get you this order. I will issue it um, Monday morning. All Thank right. You very much. Thanks very much. Everybody take care. Bye-bye. Have a good day. We can stop the recording.